Hi, welcome to And It's Writing, a podcast where two writers have a few drinks and some laughs while we revise our old work or discuss writing-related topics. I'm Amy Avery. I write adult fantasy. I also self-publish under the pen name Avery Ains. Um, what I'm working on is right now I'm working on trying to keep my head on straight because <laughs> we're about to start talking about the fact that my book comes out in one week. And, you sound yeah. like you're panicking already. <laughs> I am panicking. <laughs> oh, like, gosh. Uh, deep breaths deep i've been panicking for like two weeks so you know this is just normal state it's gonna be okay <laughs> it's gonna be okay <laughs> but as far as that yeah i'm just working on some promo stuff for that writing some like guest posts to like feature onto their blogs and stuff like that just background promo planning for events that kind of thing so i'm not actually writing at the moment which is very sad but soon very soon I'm 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 excited for you. <laughs> I am excited. I'm just also anxious because I'm me. <laughs> um, what I'm reading is I just finished a book called Bitter Medicine by Mia Tsai. And it's a like contemporary fantasy romance. It is very cute. If you like lots of kind of like not I don't want to call it banter because it's not like bickering. It's more like gentle teasing and innuendo and pining it's just it's very very cute and it involves like mythological creatures from different cultures and it kind of combines them very well and so i very much enjoyed it wonderful i'm dc mcnaughton speculative fantasy and historical fiction writer right now i am trying to meet a very tight personal deadline because my <laughs> writing has been very very slow for the last year and i'm Really struggling to get back up to where I was, but I am doing my best. Uh, <laughs> Got to get like first 70 pages to my agent uh, next month, halfway through the month. And it's a self-imposed deadline. My agent's very sweet. She would never give me a deadline like that. Not at least while I'm unpublished. <laughs> <laughs> but I really want to get it on. <laughs> and I, it is... Boy, the imposter syndrome this week is crazy bad. Uh, <laughs> oh no! I'm I'm reading right now. I went back to reading um the fucking oh wow, Song of Ice and Fire. I'm on the second book. I went back to reading it because I needed something. I really like George R. R. Martin's writing, and I really needed something to like wake me up and get me re-inspired inspired to write so even though it's like probably not the best thing for me to be reading right now because it's kind of slow paced <laughs> and like you know i don't need to be picking up those habits i am reading it because it makes me excited about writing so <laughs> that is that's what i'm doing um trying not to reread books i have already read because that's always what i do i love to reread books and then i don't read any new ones um <laughs> so this is what i'm doing Sometimes that's what you got to do. Yeah, it's working. It is working because like his his writing does really excite me. And I just love the way he does stuff. So like I, I read the first bit of it uh, last week and I was just like, thank God. Thank God. It, <laughs> I just love I just love reading this writing so much. It, rem it reminds me of like why I do what I do. <sighs> and it's a nice feeling. <laughs> yeah. So today is a very special episode. Um, as I mentioned before, my book, The Longest Autumn, is coming out uh, January 16th, which if you're listening to this episode, the day it comes out mm. is tomorrow. If you're listening <laughs> to it after that, it's already out. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to try not to be super emotional this episode. Oh, no. Mostly panicky. <laughs> Phoebe, 
You don't gotta be emotional. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna We're be gonna so get fun. You're gonna do this. Yes. <laughs> I like how I like how I like how in my script here it says DC. Any additional comments and or gentle mockery, lol. <laughs> I am gently mocking you. You're fine. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> what do you have to drink tonight, Avery? <laughs> I came up with this drink that uses, um, I will have to write the recipe in the show notes because I forgot to put it in front of me. I remember what's in it, just not the amounts. It's uh, apple cider, like the good shit, like the... The cloudy kind where they just smash some apples and throw it into a jug. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's that. It's pumpkin puree syrup, which is actually a pumpkin spice syrup. It's got spice in it as well. Whipped cream vodka and something. Angostura bitters and rye whiskey. Sounds so good. And it's a stirred drink, but you do have to dilute it because there is a lot of booze in there and it's very sweet. <laughs> Serve it very cold. <laughs> But it, so yesterday I was testing this recipe to try to get it right. And I had to make it like four or five times. And I make small <laughs> batches. I make like little tiny baby ones when I'm testing the recipe so I don't waste a bunch of booze. But I did drink it. And so I had a lot of sugar last night and very sweet. And I was just like, today I was looking at the ingredients and like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to. So... At lunch, I went out to the liquor store and I got some appropriately autumnal beers that were on clearance. And I'm not going to say what the brand is because this might be gross. And if I react and say that it's gross, I don't want to like call out this brand. But it is a sour ale with pumpkin pie spice blend and toasted marshmallow flavor. <laughs> it sounds good. The sour with pumpkin. So we're going we're gonna to open this and we're going to make a nice little like commercial asmr sound <laughs> and then we're gonna try this live on air and it might, i might gag i probably won't bark it might be awful oh that is weird <laughs> i mean yet surprisingly good <laughs> the fuck uh weird is better than bad it does taste like pumpkin spice and marshmallow but then it's got that tang of like a sour beer like a like a lemony citrus tang and you would think those would not go well together, but they do. It's not super sweet, Palatable. which helps. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. Okay, now that it's good, I'll say who it is. It is a <laughs> Prairie Artisan Ales, which part that's part of why I got it, because I've had other beers from Prairie, and they've always been good. So I was like, okay, if I trust anybody to make this, it's you. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, it sounds good. It sounds good. I would drink that. If I saw it on a shelf, I'd buy it. Yeah, so that's why I did that, because I was just like, I cannot have this, like, super sweet drink again. It's like a dessert drink. You can have it once. But I was like, I had, like, four baby ones yesterday and was like, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so now oh. we're just going to have this autumnal beer instead. Yes, which is going to be great for you to just loosen up a little bit so you can just talk yeah. about your book since that's what we're doing today we're just gonna talk about your book maybe i should drink it quickly <laughs> let's go do a shot real quick <laughs> so today i am going to give you the elevator pitch for the book here in a second but mostly what we're going to kind of talk about is like what i kind of wanted to do is approach this instead of just being like buy my book uh, although i would very much appreciate it if you did buy my book i kind of wanted to talk about like how we got here 
so people could kind of see like the journey that a book takes and you have been there for the whole thing so you can provide yeah. some kind of commentary I, I might get emotional if we have to go back to our sweet sweet beginnings because yeah. boy that was a rough rough period yeah <laughs> neither one of us knew how to take no for an answer <laughs> no. okay so we'll get there but first i'm going to explain yeah. what the book's about absolutely uh, so people who don't know can find out if it's something they might like to read yeah so the book is called the longest autumn and in the book the seasons are personified as gods our main character is the priestess tierna who is tasked with escorting the god of autumn to and from the human world each year for his season but this year, the magic mirror portal shatters after they pass through, and Tierna is accused of sabotage. So <laughs> she has to find the true culprit to fix the mirror, end the eternal autumn, and then regain her prestigious job. So along the way, she's going to have to decide kind of how far she's willing to go, what relationships she's willing to risk. Um, she makes some new enemies, some allies, some who might be something a little more. Venus. <laughs> 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 There, there might be a little bit of that too. <laughs> um, and one of the character or one of the new allies is the enigmatic. Okay. <laughs> I promise it's not the beer, it's the nerves. Um, one of these is the enigmatic sorcerer and master of poison Sidriel, who brings out some of the best and worst in Tirna. Meanwhile, the god of autumn slowly grows more mortal the longer he spends in the human realm, which fuels his own growing connection to Tirna. Because you you didn't mention this. In the and because and this is all so awesome and amazing because the longest the, the the eternal autumn season happens because the mirror shatters. Yes, guys, and it's so cool. It's it's so cool. Yeah, um, because the mirror's broken, he can't go back. <laughs> they can't get back in. They're stuck in autumn until they can yeah. like, fix it, and winter can come, and he can go back to the god God's world. Exactly. Um, so yeah, most of the book is actually about the the eternal autumn season, how the world deals with that. And her trying to figure out who did this, why they did it, how they did it, so that they can fix it. And kind of like the little romancy, friendshipy bits are kind of like flavor along the way. <laughs> yeah, and she's a nervous wreck the whole time, just like you she, are now. <laughs> she's a nervous wreck the whole Because <laughs> she's a good girl. She doesn't do bad stuff. Not at first. Not at first. <laughs> uh. You know, now that we're moving on to how this all happened, I just uh -huh. gotta be—I just gotta come forward and start this conversation with, "Wow, <laughs> what a long, what a long, strange trip it's been." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is one of those like, "Hey, you want to know how long publishing takes?" <laughs> the situation. Yeah, and just like any uh, book that's not the first, uh, this one happened to Avery after probably. Uh, over a hundred rejections on other shit, <laughs> quote unquote. I don't know how many rejections you went through, but like it, Avery had to go through the process of rejection <laughs> with other books, just like all of us. Yup. I'm going to let you take the floor on how you want to start that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kind of quickly go through the fact that as you have all seen on the podcast, I have been writing for a very, very long time. Uh, including some terrible high school stuff. But the first book I tried querying was the one that I ended up self-publishing, uh, Cambiare. I did get rejected. I do not remember how many. It was a lot. <laughs> and eventually I was just like, you know what? 
I did some research. I looked at self-publishing and I was like, I can do this. Let's try this instead. And I did. And it's very, very hard. So it it can be very rewarding. But if you are looking at that path, just know it it does require a lot of work. Um, you get a lot more creative control. You, there is the possibility for bigger profits, but whew, you got to put in the, the elbow grease. So <laughs> After that, I wrote Autumn and decided I wanted to try traditional publishing again because <laughs> I thought it might be easier. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert, it's just hard in different ways. So you have to find which way is works best for you. But I'm trying to think of how many books I wrote total. Probably about 12, but only like three of those did I actually fully revise. And like I said, Cambiari was the first one I queried. Mm-hmm. So I queried Autumn. I got 56 rejections on it. I remember that number before getting my agent. But yeah, it was it was written uh, to kind of give a timeline. Actually, I want to start with how I came up with the idea because this part involves you. So <laughs> I barely remember. I can't wait to hear the story. <laughs> I queried Cambiari. And at the time I was reading a lot of either like crossover adult fiction or still reading some older YA and one of the big notes I kept getting, because this is back when agents still gave some notes sometimes, was that the voice was too YA. And so I was whining to DC about this. Oh, <laughs> I was, yeah. I was like, right. I can't write adult books. I don't write books that sound like they're for grownups. And DC was like, you can. And if you sit down and try to do it, I'll bet you could. And kind of challenged me to come up with a concept that was more adult and more high concept and hooky. And you were like, I'll bet you could do it. And at first I was just like, no, I can't do anything. <laughs> yeah, you were. You were very belligerent. <laughs> and then, of course, I go away and like three days later, I'm like, I have an idea. Yeah. As always. <laughs> And so, yeah, that was the first thing I was was like, I have this idea about what if the seasons were gods and things got disrupted. And that was literally like it at first. And then, of course, everything snowballed and I don't remember what parts came first and what parts came later. (laughs) But poor DC had to listen to the whole sad imposter syndrome. This is hard. I don't know how to write a book. (laughs) Dude, when you were in that phase of like, I can only write YA, like, I gotta tell you, I was like sweating on the other side of my monitor trying to figure (laughs) out how the fuck to stop you from saying that. Like, I was like, I don't know what to say to Avery right now. Like, I was so frustrated because like, I, you know, it's so, everything is so subjective and like, you know, it was hard to be like, dude, everybody can improve, but also like keep you writing without you feeling bad, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, or keep me writing and still feeling bad because that's how sometimes it goes. Exactly. Sometimes it's the writing and it's like the, this is all terrible. This is all bad. So yeah, we went through the whole writing the book, which of course involves a lot of murky middle, getting frustrated getting mad at the book, screaming at your friends, having your friends slap you in the face and tell you to get your shit together. And so then I queried, got a bunch of rejections, got an agent. COVID hit. Lockdown happened. Great time. I took two years to revise that novel. I think, yeah, two almost two years to revise it with the agent because I was... 
like many people, I was struggling mentally. <laughs> yeah. And not to mention, there were several times you're like, maybe I should bail. I don't know if I'm good at this. My agent doesn't know what she's got herself into. And I'm just like, Avery, <laughs> she knows exactly what she got herself into. <laughs> Be quiet. <laughs> I'm pretty sure all writers are basically oh. that form of like a mess. Oh, absolutely. Because like <laughs> I have been through some stuff in the last year where I'm like, I don't know why I'm here. Maybe I should just roll up, quit and die. Like, you know, those are real feelings. And they happen after you get an agent. Yep. A lot. <laughs> I feel like every step of the way, this is something a lot of people don't talk about. It does feel like the pressure increases. Oh, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely it does. Because then you have like other people on. So when you get an agent, you're like, well, I've got the agent that's like on the other side of this. And they're like waiting on my edits and they're like waiting to submit this and all this stuff. And then the agent submits it. And if it sells, then you have the editor and the agent. And the editor has mm -hmm. like strict deadlines. They're like, OK, you need to have the revisions in by this date. And then you need to have line edits in by this date. And then you're like, then there's extra stress for that. And then once the book is like in process, it's like, what if people don't like it? What if, it... so there's always <laughs> stress. So I highly recommend finding a good balance of self-care routine, which I'm still working on. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because I also had to rewrite this book twice. <laughs> once with the agent, once with the editor. The agent was a full like, scrap and rewrite i think i got to keep two scenes mostly the same and the rest of the book was entirely rewritten oh yeah you panicked at that edit letter yeah i'd be there yeah. for that one too yeah. yeah yeah it was was it 14 page edit letter it was a big edit <laughs> it was a big edit letter something like that 12 to 14 pages it went like chapter by chapter and the fun thing is is she i think was worried that i would think it was that like I would feel bad about the writing and I really didn't with the edit letter I I do on my own <laughs> yeah but the edit letter didn't but the thing with the edit letter was I panicked that I wasn't going to be able to pull it off uh, because it was a huge amount of changes and it was like am I good enough to make these changes and it took a few swings I was started editing and then about halfway through I was like DC, I think I need to rewrite this. And of course it's DC. So DC's like, fuck yes, you do. Hell yeah, you do. Because <laughs> I love rewriting. I'm a crazy bitch. <laughs> You're always pro rewrite. So I made a I made a tweet. This is back when Twitter was still Twitter and still not a complete hellhole. And I made a tweet that was just like, huh, that moment when you realize you might be looking at a full rewrite. And my agent posted a reply like, do we need to have a call? <laughs> And so I, we had a call and I was like, I promise I'm not panicking. I'm looking at it and going, this just needs a rewrite. Uh, I made the, I made the analogy that it was like, I'd made a batch of like chocolate chip cookies and they were baked. And then I was trying to like push more chocolate chips into them when really I just had to make a new batch of batter. Yep. New batch of dough. So I rewrote it. That's the one that took forever because of COVID and because it was very hard. Uh, there were many, many index cards, many, many highlighters gave their lives and red pins sacrificed themselves on behalf of this rewrite. And then we sold it and the agent was, or the editor was like, hey, I've got some changes. And then again, I was like, this is just better to rewrite it. And I can, I think I can do that in the time frame we have. 
So that was probably like a 70% rewrite. And <laughs> the editor originally was like, yeah, you can have more words. We want to expand on some of this world building. And then I did, and I added like 20,000 words and then we got it and we had a phone call and we were both like, yeah, it turns out that didn't work. It completely like jacked up the pacing. <laughs> so then I had to cut all those words back out. So yeah, two rewrites. Uh, and I did some math and it was about 13 or 14 drafts total. If you count things like copy edits and pass pages, which is when you get your like, they lay it out all pretty. And they send you the PDF of it all laid out pretty. And that's your like last chance to make any changes. And at that point, you're looking for like typos. <laughs> and yeah, I was, oh, I was going to talk about how much it changed because you haven't read the final version yet. Nope. I have saved myself. <laughs> I have saved <laughs> myself. I want it to feel like reading. I want it to feel like yeah. reading a new book because I yeah. know there was so much that went into it. Also, while you were writing it and editing it, I finished like two and a half books. Like, <laughs> I know. I'm so jealous. Like it took you so long to edit it that I like was I was literally writing book after book while Avery went through this process. And I was like, I can't fit in another week because I'm trying to get it yeah. in <laughs> Well, that's kind of neat because yeah. you'll get to see like the, you know, the final finished physical book and you'll get to read that. I'm going to be really interested to see your reaction because it is obviously very different. Yeah, I'm excited. I have in my notes here, it's like how much it changed. Way less boning now. <laughs> Not as much boning, which is going to be great for me because I was like, I need less boning, Avery. I know. I said that. <laughs> in the early drafts, you got to get that out of your system. <laughs> you kind of do. You kind, And then that was, you know, like anybody... I've, I've been told that not by you, but like in books previous, you know, I got the, you know, less boning, the sex is awkward comments, which is why I didn't get those from you. Cause I had fixed that problem <laughs> already. And now I just get the boning out on separate documents so I can not get distracted by sex. <laughs> the funny part is is part of the reason I kept trimming that down, which I'm happy with because I ended up with a book that's kind of got a little bit different vibe than this. Um, I kind of ended up with a book that kind of has like one foot in fantasy, dips a toe into romance, and has like one foot in kind of literary. It's kind of where I ended up. That's not where it started. <laughs> it started as like full-on fantasy romance. But at the time, the like fantasy romance with like the explicit scenes was not really a thing and we were afraid it wouldn't mm -hmm. sell now you got fourth wing <laughs> yeah it literally came right at the right time because like yeah. now now it's everywhere right i probably could have sold the original version at this point <laughs> if i'd waited three years right <laughs> it would have been to a different editor and a different house and it would be a completely different book and i don't think i'd be as happy with it as it is now mm -hmm. But it is kind of funny that part of the reason I did that was for market reasons. And now the market has shifted anyway. <laughs> right. Thanks, market. You know, <laughs> oh, that's the the joy of publishing. That's why you write what you want to write. Yeah. <laughs> and not what you the market know. says, because by the time you're done with that book, the market's going to be completely different. Mm hmm. Especially if you take three years to finish it. <laughs> hey, but you know what? 
It's done. And the next time you do it, it'll be faster. Hopefully. I don't know. You haven't written a new book. It better be. For an agent yet. I tell you what, it is a different experience, but you're going to have a deadline probably because your yeah. hopefully your publisher is going to want more. See, and I have to write it. No, I, I'm writing my first book for an agent now. And I am like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> terrifying. So have fun. Can't wait for you to join me. <laughs> Yeah, pretty soon we'll both be like, ah. Oh, yeah, it's awful. (laughs) It's awful. I think that's most of the journey. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on about, like, publishing and how it got here or any funny anecdotes you want to tell? Honestly, like, it was, I feel like I might remember a lot. Like, I was stressed the entire time, too, because you're, like, my best friend. And I remember being stressed, you know, first of all, that it wouldn't sell. And then, and then when the submission process went way faster and I was like, oh, thank God. And then you had to wait all those, all that time for those contracts. And I was like, yo, like <laughs> it was so much the entire time. And then it even got worse because your agent split in the middle of the, mm-hmm. of the whole thing. And I remember sitting in my chair thinking, oh my God, oh my God. Like, but if, if Avery's having something bad happen to her like this, then it's going to happen to me. And then it didn't turn out bad because you got just because your agent left didn't mean you were agentless. You ended up with another mm-hmm. agent that was awesome. And it's just like it was like a really big learning process for me just seeing everything pan out the way it was. Also, just like being I think I, I, I definitely got a lesson in being a positive friend um, and an optimistic <laughs> friend because I always got brownie points for being the person who didn't get weird and envious, didn't get, you know, jealous or like who didn't like sort of like, I don't know, I didn't abandon anything. I didn't like punch myself in the throat because it wasn't me. You know, I didn't do any of that. And so like, it was a really cool lesson for me. Like, oh, hey, look, I'm a good person. I'm a great friend. Like <laughs> you are, I don't think a lot of people can do this. And I like, and for me, it was just like, a, cause you know, in high school, I would have, I would have been pissed. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> so much growth that happened. And I think that just, it's just telltale of how long the process takes. And I know, you know, I, I feel like I've been sharing some of your stresses because I know that the entire time you've been trying to write another book and maybe, you know, like things have not been going as fast as you want them to. And, you know, just like, I don't know, being there through all the stress in the process has been really fun uh and (laughs) i'm just really excited for it to happen again like i'm i'm ready for uh my avery to be writing again and like up in my business with her new ideas and (laughs) miss beta reading your stuff and i don't know it's just like it's a lot of it's a lot of things it's it's more than just the the book buying process or anything like that and i'm all excited i know because you you don't know what rights are going to look like for other places yet. And like, if that's ever going to happen. And so I'm just sitting waiting on the edge of my seat, like, you know, watching this show <laughs> from a distance, having a great time. And yeah, just Avery kind of does dumb down a little bit how stressed she was. I know she keeps oh. saying she was stressed, but dude, guys, it was really, it was really bad. <laughs> it's very bad. There were so many times where Avery was just like, I quit, I quit, I quit, I quit. And I'm like, no, <laughs> don't quit. 
uh, all the doubts that went through it, like, um, should I get rid of this character, this character, this character? Should there be more of this one, less of the, and just being there the entire time and having to be like, no, just stick to it and do it. <laughs> and, you know, because everyone, need, I, I feel like writers do best when they have a person there who's like, no, you're doing great. Keep going. Don't change that character don't do that you know or yes do this follow your heart mm -hmm. you know because there's a lot of there's always a lot of questions you know and uh i'm just glad that it worked out and <laughs> i can sit here today and be like i told you so oh and also i've been doing the same thing recently with the reviews that come in where you're like oh there are some reviews that aren't as good as others and i'm just like shut up it's fine <laughs> um, hey we talk about growth i have growth i have stopped i did i did read some of the early reviews i will never ever 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 in any way respond contact reviewers any of those sorts of things but i will admit i did get a little nervous and did read some but i don't read reviews anymore i do still see my rating overall mm -hmm. on goodreads but i don't see there's like an author page that i just directly go to and it gives you like here's your rating here's how many reviews you have but it doesn't show you any of the actual reviews so i don't even go to the page that has the reviews on it anymore but i do want to see what my aggregate rating is <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as far as the process goes, I uh, I think that's all I've got to say. I mean, you pretty much covered the whole mm -hmm. thing. It was just a big stressful mess. It took a long time, but and I I hope you're excited to do it again because uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I I have heard that book two is like the hardest book you will ever write. Like the first book you write on, like a deadline that, contract. That doesn't surprise me at all. That yeah. doesn't surprise me at all. So far, this you know with a with an agent having just gone through submission process and basically getting all of them rejected. My book's just a dystopia is not right for the society right now. That stupid market shit we were talking about. Yeah. But being here after getting tons and tons of rejections from you know, and letting my, what I feel like I let my agent down and then writing the second book during that process, that's been hard. So I can only yeah. imagine how hard it would be if you added up a, a deadline on top of that, you know, expectations, money, whatever, on top of that, like, whoa, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Um, I believe it, but I'll be here for you. I'm going to be Yay. here for you. <laughs> if, you'll, if you'll have me. I'm always, you're always there. <laughs> you, you are like ride or die. I am ride or die. We are like... I, <laughs> serious business i'm making like little crossed fingers gestures that you can't see on the podcast yes they are they're friendly gestures of our love <laughs> i love you man <laughs> yeah because here's a little bit of backstory i was just gonna say because you were the one that challenged me to do this and i just want to get a little nostalgic for a minute because i started writing this in late spring early summer of 2019 but you and i met the nanowrimo before that so this was actually started only like six or seven months after we met was it really uh-huh it wasn't 2017 it was 2018 yeah it was oh, november wow. 2018 when we met and then the next summer i started writing autumn right so 
Like we were just like little baby friends then. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. and you were still there like pushing me like your work. That is crazy to me that, that I have been through as many books and just drafts and shit as I have since that. Like I, I, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, Oh boy, I sure do hate that. I hate that. <laughs> But it does mean that you've had, like, you've been able to, like, grow and explore different things where I've just had to keep going back to the same damn thing. I, well, that that's why it's so scary because it's like, okay, so what you're telling me is if I finish this book and, and submit it and sell it, uh, I'm going to be stuck in five years of purgatory, book purgatory. Well, no, because remember, I spent like two years doing a full rewrite and you rewrite much, much faster. <laughs> That that's true. That's true. Yeah, I I do I do hope that I can be as fast as I used to be because God darn it, I have written a lot of books since then. I'm like, mm, it is taking me two years to write this book. I am not used to that. I am not used to it. I do not like it. I do not like it. Same I am. <laughs> okay, it's only been like a year and a half. I got to give myself some credit there. Yes. Yeah, so every it's fine. Everything's fine. I'm I'm over. I am making a hyperbole of my book situation. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, we're writers. What are we except experts in hyperbole? <laughs> Without it, we'd be dead. So one of the other things I kind of want to talk about on the list here, there's not really a good segue, so we're going to deal with it. <laughs> one of the things that we talked about all the rewrites and stuff, but this actually happened in one of the early drafts. might have been before you read it was we've talked before about what happens when like your story takes a left turn from where you thought it was gonna um because i'm not like a plotter plotter well i am kind of now i wasn't back then <laughs> i would have like some general like four or five big plot points that i was working towards and then i kind of meander my way through them and so it's some i was you know there's a, a whodunit element to this story And so I was trying to figure out like cozy mysteries and how to do build like a mystery plot. And I was adding suspects and I was like, okay, here's some people who could have done it. And then I started being like, well, what if that person did do it and started rearranging? And one of the people that I was just like, eh, we're just going to throw in a side suspect was this character Sidriel. And every time he showed up on screen, he like stole the show. And so eventually he became a major side character, the whole like red herring suspect that got scrapped and rewritten so we don't know who it is now yeah you don't there. know who it is everything i don't even know who it is, is you don't <laughs> i don't <laughs> it, it has changed but it was just so funny that i was just like eh, it's gonna be a little tiny side character and then he's just like no i am a main character and i'm like okay <laughs> he did have a lot of big character energy i remember saying that and like back then he was very small and i was like what the fuck Avery like I want more of this guy so I really hope there's more of him in there because I am ready to meet new Sidriel <laughs> he's still a very similar character but there's definitely more of him good yeah it was just it was like the biggest surprise I had because I was just like okay I know where the story's going and he's just like nope I'm just gonna take this and run with it excuse me goodbye <laughs> <laughs> sometimes characters do that and i love it when they do because you're like you may have made this book a lot better mm -hmm. i actually don't even remember some of the characters that are in it now may not have even been in the draft you read 
I know for a fact there's at least one that's gone. I know that I know I know I know you mentioned one that was gone, uh, but I didn't like that one anyway. So <laughs> I did have at one point a so I write in Scrivener, which if you don't use Scrivener has like you can it's like a how do you put it? it's like an aggregation of documents. So you can have like a little note section where you can just write like little notes files to yourself and kind of like open or close them. One of my notes files was literally called who broke the damn mirror. Because when I started it, I did not know who it was. <laughs> and so I went back and looked at it and it's like, it could have been this person, could have been this person. I'm like, half of these people aren't even in the book anymore. Right. <laughs> or they change so much that they're like not even recognizable. So that's the writing process. <laughs> did you not want to talk about the headaches then? Oh, yeah. I skipped that. Yeah, just a couple of other things I want to kind of mention that I included. One of the things that is in the book is that the main character Tarana suffers from chronic headaches. They have a lot of migraine symptoms, but they're not technically migraines because they are what I have, which I did not have when I started writing this book. A few months after I'd started writing it, I started developing these really just horrific chronic headaches. I had one that lasted just days and days and they would ebb and flow, but sometimes they just wouldn't go away. Sometimes they would go away for like three days and be fine. And then they would come back. I had MRIs. We tried every medication for migraines under the sun. Nothing worked and we couldn't figure out what it was. And then I stumbled across like an article when I was doing like research for like, I think it was research for like headache, like home remedies, because I was hitting a point where I was just like, none of this is working. What might work? And they're called episodic paroxysmal hemicrania. Big words. It basically means that the episodic means they come and go. Uh, I'll have months where I don't have them. That was just like a really bad spell. And then the paroxysmal, I guess, is the type of headache. And then hemicrania is because they only happen on one side of my head. They're always on the mm. right side. And they're always kind of towards the back of the right side. There's like a very specific spot that they hit. And my first warning sign is always that my eye starts watering and my nose plugs up, but only on that side. Weird. And that's like your warning sign that like a headache is coming soon. And we did finally find medicine that worked. Um, but I have to take it like when I get those first signs, um, if it starts to get bad, then I just got to write it out. But because I have medicine, I can handle it now. Sometimes it doesn't make it go away all the way, but it's like a three on the pain scale and I can handle it and I can still function. But I, while I was doing it, I was just like, this is so frustrating because I was so into this <laughs> book and I just wanted to sit and write that's all I wanted to do. And instead, I'd be like laying on the couch, just like crying because there was just this intense pain. And I couldn't focus because since it was a headache, I was having like brain fog and all this stuff. And I was like, all I want to do is write this book. And then I was like, I just I gave Tierna my headaches because it was it was kind of gratifying to see somebody who I know I made her up, but somebody who had the same problem working through it. And um not working through it isn't like powering through, but like existing through it. And also, this is a weirdly selfish thing, but like I would be laying there in pain and be like, this is research. <laughs> <laughs> and it gave it like this weird little silver lining because it was like something good is coming out of this. Is this mm -hmm. going to make my story better? <laughs> it is such a just silly thing to help. But it did. No, it's not silly because when you're writing from experience, like it's so much better. <laughs> well, and one of the things that some early 
like critiques. I got like beta reads and stuff and not necessarily early because they were on a little bit later drafts than the ones you read, but they weren't like the final, final draft was people who are like, man, she's just always like worried about these headaches. And I'm like, yeah, no shit, because she doesn't know when one's going to happen. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> when you when you do get them randomly, there is always that fear that it's like, I'm do I've got to do something important. God, I hope one of my headaches doesn't hit when I'm trying to do this like mm -hmm. intensely physical task or something like that. Or, you know, if you're in a space where you're trying to accomplish a thing, you're trying to like do a chore and it's just sitting there, you can't help but think about it. So I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, that's physical uh, ailment for you. I I'm glad I put that in there. It did help me. I hope it helps other people. There's always that fear when you're writing a thing from your own personal experience that someone else who has a similar but not quite the same experience is going to come in and be like, well, you did it wrong. And you have to be like, but that's how mine is. Nah, you just ignore that person and you just hope they yeah. burn. It's like I get that there are different experiences uh, because people who suffer different types of migraines are going to have different types of symptoms. Some people are going to have them more often, less often. Some people are going to have you know, light sensitivity. Some are going to have nausea. Some are not going to have either. Some are going to have optical migraines. You never know. So mm -hmm. to be like, well, this part is wrong. It's like, well, not for me. It might be for you. <laughs> so I am a little worried about that, but. No, dude, no way. It is what it is. <laughs> no way. I mean, no, nah. On a different subject, I feel like I remember, and it's really funny that you developed the headache thing, because I feel like I remember before the headaches, uh, you were going to try a different thing. You were kind of poking I... around like a fantasy version of like fibromyalgia. It was really funny because like literally during the writing of the book, I developed fibromyalgia. <laughs> and I was like, this is weird. Me and Avery are like... <laughs> <laughs> I was still kind of on the fence. Uh, I was doing research and I was still on the fence about whether I was going to try to write her with essentially yeah, a fantasy version of something like fibromyalgia or some other sort of invisible chronic pain. And like I said, I was checking out library book after library book and trying to read about it and being like, should I write this? Should I not write this? And then I started getting the headaches. I was just like, well, I am going to write it, but we're changing what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like the headaches. They they weren't... I jinxed us both. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. You messed us both up. It's You know, I am convinced it's just the stress of writing getting to us. <laughs> yeah, probably. Right? You know, I didn't have any physical ailments until I started becoming a writer. And then I, like, lost my, my back hurt, and I got fibro, and I stopped knowing how to manage my time. <laughs> Writing's bad for you. I actually joke at work because a couple of my coworkers also have various physical ailments and I was like out of all of us I have the most but they're all just like annoying like <laughs> right right none of them are like life-threatening it's just like I have plantar fasciitis so my feet always hurt I have bad knees so my knees always hurt I have terrible allergies so I have problems breathing I have, I have no gallbladder so sometimes I have to watch what I eat just I'm like None of these are going to like cause long-term problems, but combined, there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about the headaches. I don't think anyone's going to say that. And if they do, I don't know. Yeah. 
<laughs> person's wrong. There's always going to be people that don't like something. That's just, I mean, that's subjectivity. That's art. Everyone experiences pain and and uh, illness in a different way, you know? Mm-hmm. I've had people come straight up to me and tell me that I don't have certain illnesses, quote unquote, let's call them, uh, all the time because I don't have it the same way their friend does or I don't have it the same way they do. And it's just like, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, And on the other end, I did want to add something positive to the story. And this has been a very divisive thing in, um, I don't read reviews anymore, but I do occasionally have friends go and give me like the digest. Like, can you guys go read the reviews and just kind of let me know, like the comments that are coming up a lot. And one of the most divisive has been the fact that I set this in a largely sex positive, pansexual, queer normative society, and oftentimes polyamorous society. And a lot of people have been like, I don't get it. This is weird. I'm like, but it's my fantasy world. I get to make it however. <laughs> and so they don't have our taboos. And it's like, it's just chill. Everybody's chill with it. Why are, maybe you should interrogate why you're not chill with it then. <laughs> also, honestly, like as a, as a, as a queer polyamorous person, sometimes when you are queer and polyamorous, you spend so much time with cool queer and polyamorous people that you forget <laughs> that the world isn't full of you because you live in your safety bubble. <laughs> yeah. Um, so sometimes to us, the world do feel that way because sometimes it's nicer to just hang out with a bunch of queers. <laughs> what was it I was reading about? It was not about my book. It was somebody talking about some other critique of a movie or a book or something where they were talking about how like there was only one straight character and like everybody else was some form of queer and people were like that's not realistic and i'm like oh it's realistic it is it's like people aggregate in packs yes they do and you don't even always notice you're doing it no <laughs> i don't do it on purpose <laughs> i don't do it on purpose I, I i feel like if you are to write a book about somebody who might be not not every queer, of course, but there are some queers. So if you you would write a book about them, there would only be one straight character in that book, you uh-huh. know. And we don't do it on purpose. It's the same thing as when <laughs> I found out I had ADHD. My therapist told me be be prepared to find out all of your friends are neurodivergent in some way. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's been funny watching everybody like slowly join the club. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, either autism or ADHD. Or various other forms of neurodivergence. Everybody's just like, oh, me too. (laughs) Because you just, you connect to people who have the same kinds of like outlooks and values that you do. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I think you're right. It's like, I forgot that this was going to be a thing that people were going to like, not even like argue about or be worried about, but just that people would like make it a thing, if that makes any sense. Like people would notice it. I was yep. just like, oh, it's a fantasy world. It can be whatever I want. Yep. And I I think it's good for people to see that, you know, like the thing is, is world building. You know, sometimes you get worlds where there's a lot of magic or there's no toilets or there's no, you know, like you get. <laughs> and uh, this is just a world where there's just a lot of weirs. <laughs> it is. There's nothing wrong with that guys it's just a it's it's a a fantasy world deal with it 
let us have this. I think that there's going to be tons of people who are going to love this world uh, and they're not going to ask questions about it and they're just going to accept it and it's going to be okay. And honestly, I really liked that you did it and the book isn't about queer expression or anything like that. There's it's normal, quote unquote, in this world. It's not really it's not there to drive the story forward. It's not really there to, it's not being a statement. It just is, which for me honestly feels really good. Cause I feel like there's, there's a lot of statement books and I appreciate the shit out of them, but sometimes it's nice to just see it happening yeah, without anyone saying anything about it and it not being a point of conflict and all that good shit. That was other, something else that I wanted to do with this book. And like you said, the books where it is a thing are needed because you kind of need that. Like, here's our society but here's some things about it that could be better but i do like the books where it's just there Mm -hmm. because you just want it's like i said it's a fantasy world and it's just like why can't it be better than ours (laughs) and i know there's a whole thing about like fantasy being grim dark and stuff and i did and that is a genre and i get why people like it it's not for me and that's not what i wanted to do with this one so i was just like we're just gonna make a society that isn't like bad to women and like Mm -hmm. anybody who isn't a cis white dude or any of that we're gonna make a society that does not have a lot of this horrible stuff that we do i mean people aren't perfect obviously they have flaws there's people that are selfish there's people that are doing bad things but some of the like societal norm bad things i was like yeah we don't have to have those in here (laughs) You you have plenty of other societal human flaws in the book. You don't yes. need to add that to it, you know? <laughs> it's not like you it's not like it's a utopic. It's not. It's not a utopia, it's guys. It's not. It's it's full of flaws. It's just that it is a it is a queer hate. They're different flaws, yeah. Did you did you want to read the first paragraph since we're short on time instead of like a first page or something? Because I can, but I left my book on the other side of the room so let me get it real quick <laughs> okay no where did i put my coffee oh it's in the other room okay let me get one out of the box no worries my big big ass box of books your big huge fucking box of books don't cut this <laughs> i want people to hear you pushing through your box of books it's funny it's entertaining i don't know if you can hear me on the mic <laughs> i can i can don't cut this this is amazing never cut this <laughs> people want to hear this shit yeah, they sent me author copies, so I have a box of books I don't know what to do with. Because <laughs> I tried to <laughs> offer them to friends, and friends are like, I'm going to buy one. And I'm like, crap, what do I do with these? You got to do raffles and stuff. It gets people yeah. excited about your shit. You got to, you got to. I think I'm going to annotate one. Yeah. Yeah. Then do a giveaway. Giveaways. Even if you don't want to annotate them, just giveaways, signed giveaways, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's good. Everybody listening to the podcast, go hound Avery to give some of these books away. (laughs) Help Avery get fans. We need fans up in this bitch. (laughs) Guess we're going to listen to this first paragraph now. I'm going (laughs) to shut up. I'm going to do two paragraphs because that's That's, a good stopping point. Sounds great. Okay. I'm like, whoo, I just spend a minute hauling through those books after drinks. I need to breathe for a second. Also, I get nervous when I read and then I have problems breathing. So... (laughs) Even worse when it's your shit, right? (laughs) Yeah. The souls of the dead burn in the night sky. An eerie light hangs over the temple courtyard, the blue and green and violet glow of souls bobbing overhead like enormous fireflies. Some wait patiently. 
Others flit around me in a nervous dance, uncertain. I lift a hand to brush a passing one, its pulse like a phantom cat rubbing against my fingertips. A human face flickers at its center, but the soul darts away before I can peer too closely. Soon, I promise softly as I take another bite of my peach, sitting cross-legged with my back pressed against the mirror. The fruit is small and overripe, cloyingly sweet. It's the last of the summer harvest, though heat still lingers in the air, muggy and thick as soup. Tomorrow, after I return to the human realm for autumn, this will be an apple, the first fruit of my season. Our season. Love there we go. It. So if you like the way that's written and want to know more, please check out my book. So yeah, we've got a few minutes. I do want to very quickly go over the fact that, yes, you can buy the book wherever books are sold. So you can get them at Bookshop, Barnes & Noble. Right now, it's only available in the United States unless you like do some back alley deals to try to get it over to your country. Um, I have made the announcement it will be coming to the UK with Solaris Publishing, but it will be out in 2025. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I will be also on tour starting this week as of when it releases, uh, this episode releases. So if you're going to be in any of these places, feel free to come check me out. Um, say hi. Tell us you listen to the podcast. I'd love to meet you. Um, so Tuesday, January 16th, I'll be in Wichita, Kansas at Watermark Books and Cafe, 6 p.m., in conversation with Katie Hanna, author of numerous fantasy, dystopian, and lit RPG books. Wednesday, January 17th, I'll be in Tulsa, Oklahoma at Magic City Books at 7 p.m. Uh, I, I have an art thing here in conversation with TBA, and we know who it is now, and I've forgotten to put them in the document, but it is a librarian. Thursday, January 25th, I'll be in Lawrence, Kansas at the Raven Bookstore in conversation with Megan Bannon, author of The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy. And Monday, January 29th, I'll be in Ann Arbor, Michigan at Literati Bookstore at 6.30 p.m. And I will be there. I yes. will be there. And I'll be in conversation with Genevieve Gornachek, author of The Witch's Heart and The Weaver and the Witch Queen. We've got some other events that are kind of in the works, but nothing is certain yet. So please keep an eye out for more updates on future appearances in February and afterward. I think that's it. I think I'm good. I think I'm done. <laughs> I think you are too. I think you can rest. Still nervous. You gotta stop go thinking slow. about it. You're gonna die. You keep, I am. You keep worrying about it. It's fine. Live in the moment. Breathe. You're gonna be. You're gonna do great. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. <laughs> in the meantime, we'll have a couple of mini episodes coming up as we catch up from the holidays. Our next full length episode will be on February 5th on ways to control the pacing and flow of your book. And you can find everything about the podcast at anditswriting.com. Look us up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcatchers, anywhere you listen. You can also follow us on Instagram and Blue Sky at anditswriting for episode updates and notifications. I will straight up admit we are better at updating our Instagram than we are at Blue Sky. <laughs> but if you like what you're hearing, join our Discord group. You can check out our website for details. And we'd love it if you left us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It does help others find us. And that's really good for us. <laughs> <laughs> sure is. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. And we'll see you again soon. Bye.